106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Unlike the fake news and all of you clowns on this witch hunt of a committee, including you, Adam Schiff, I like to call you pencil neck. You're a pencil neck, or I also like to call you watermelon head. You're a watermelon head with a pencil neck, and you're a disgrace. All you talk about is Russia, Russia, Russia. You should be ashamed of yourself. And you, Lion Liz Cheney, you know, you look like Miss Piggy. I'm more afraid of your father on a quail hunt than I am of your little subpoena. You look like Miss Piggy. You look more like Miss Piggy than Xi Jinping from China. I know him well. You look more like Miss Piggy than Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh. And you know that it's banned in China because he looks just like Winnie the Pooh. They could be twins. But I'd like to conclude my testimony with two beautiful words. God bless America and let's go, Brandon. Believe me. It's nice that some people, you know, idolize me and put me up on a pedestal, but I don't get impressed by that. Listen to this. No president has been attacked more than he was every single day, every single day. And what did he do? He made us energy independent. He made gas would be a buck 80 a gallon right now, by the way, if he was president. There would, there would be maybe a million people, if a million people across the border over the last two years, not four million. I think it would be less than that. I think his four years, it was 1.5 million or something like that. Um, we'd have the wall. The wall would be done by now. Um, we had um, we wouldn't have the inflation we have going on right now. We wouldn't have all these countries laughing at us, way to laughing. You can you can hate Trump all you want, but you you got to give the guy credit for what he did. Lowest black unemployment ever. Lowest Hispanic pop, uh, uh, unemployment ever. And those are bad things. Every liberal that says I hate him, but what do you hate about him? Why well, he's arrogant? Yeah, like Obama wasn't arrogant. No, no president's ever arrogant. Uh, but I said, what what policies did you hate? And they can't even think of it. The story was an American and a Russian arguing about their two countries. And the American said, look, in my country, I can walk into the Oval Office. I can pound the president's desk and say, Mr. President, I don't like the way you're running our country. And the Russian said, I can do that. The American said, you can? He says, yes. I can go into the Kremlin, to the general secretary's office, pound his desk and say, Mr. General Secretary, I don't like the way President Reagan's running his country. Look, every generation is the what were you thinking generation. First time I flew to this city, I smoked on the plane. Who thought that was a good idea, smoking? <laughs> I'll tell you who, everybody. Everybody was completely fine with it. It's just what we did, you know? I mean, doctors, doctors used to do Cigarette ads. I'm not kidding. You can look at, look up an old Life magazine. A lung surgeon needs steady hand. <laughs> I swear you can find that. They used to put heroin in cough medicine and cocaine in soft drinks. That was not a bad idea. <laughs> we used to, like, litter out the car window. Like, whatever was in your hand, just fucking throw it out the window. <laughs> Nobody thought that was wrong. And then they made the commercial with the crying Indian, and we were like, oh... I didn't know that made Indians cry. I'm sorry. We don't have to throw shit out the window. And we stopped, you know? I mean, my mother drank during her pregnancy, and I came out perfectly normal.
evening. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is episode 196, and it will show up on the 31st of this month, the last day of the year, 12-31-22. So welcome. Uh, if you're new to us, we'll be here for th- uh, six 20-minute segments with some educational clips in between. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can reach me a number of ways uh, for comment or questions, or if you want to participate by uh, sending over some clips or articles or something that you think I should know about, you can reach us on my email at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Lou at nohostagesradio.com. That's L-O-U. Or you could text me at 530-713-1838. You can text me night or day. Uh, I'm on the left coast. I'm up here in Northern California. So uh, if you want to talk, that's fine. Just uh, try to reach me at a time you, you might get a hold of me. Uh, I try to take all my calls, and obviously, like you, you're probably busy, and I am too, and sometimes I can't take calls when I'm on one. So, uh, sometimes, But I do call back, and I don't screen call, so uh, feel free to call if you want to talk, but otherwise, those are a couple ways you can reach out to me. We do uh, a live show on Saturdays. This show always comes up on Saturday morning. We do a live show at KMYC, 1410 AM, over here in Marysville, California. And you can listen to that on a, um, a live stream. So that uh, you can do that from a website called live365.com. Just go there, click on radio, and then put in the call letters KM, like Mickey, KMYC. And that should be live streaming whatever's up and going at that time we're from uh we go from 10 to 1 in the afternoon on uh, each saturday so you can kind of figure the if you're in a different time zone sort that all out but uh it's a live show but we cover some of the similar material um but i just want to let you know that that's happening if you're if you're interested so um okay i wanted to make a couple introductory comments here about the end of the year. I don't know how you look at the end of the year. I always, uh, I always have kind of a euphoric experience with the end of the year. I don't know what it, why it is, but I like uh, the transition of the year. And I usually write down some uh, thoughts about the next year resolutions i'm i'm into resolutions i think resolutions are helpful um can help you keep focused and help you i think it's good to take inventory of your our own lives and think about ways you would do something different in the next year and why and uh so certain things at different times in your life are more important than others i mean obviously when you've got young kids those are big focuses but when your kids are gone there are other focus uh, targets or objectives that you're interested in so um, 
and being that we're under such a, an onslaught politically nowadays, uh, there, this may figure into your resolutions as well. There may be personal improvement resolutions uh, from working on your physical being to working on your spiritual being to working on your relationships, um, getting involved in helping, serving. There's just hundreds of things that you could think about, reflect upon. I usually buy a devotional or some types, type of a reader system to inspire me uh, to do reading every day. And uh, just I'm just throwing out some ideas. So uh, the reason I think resolutions are important uh, is that... Uh, the way the seasons of the year are designed are to change things up for us. Even even every every new day is a restart. If you had a bad day yesterday or today, tomorrow morning when you get up and jump in the shower or whatever you do, whatever your process is, it's a brand new start. Get a do, get a do over, as they say over in juvenile hall. Uh, there's a passage that I like. Uh, it's in Lamentations, the third chapter, 22 through 24. And it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I like that. I, I can have a really bum day and think I really didn't do very well this this day or the day before. But starting out the next day, I know that God's mercies are new every morning. And it says, great is his faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. You know, um, I don't, we were remodeling a building in downtown Marysville, a hundred-year-old building, and we were cutting down some trees early one morning, and I needed the neighbors to move their cars. So I woke up this young woman, and uh, she was very gracious, and I didn't want to drop a limb on her vehicle. She moved her car. And uh, she was in her 30s, a mom. And, uh, you know, you wonder when you meet people how how far you ought to press into it if you feel certain things, topics, you know, things like that, important topics. And uh, so we exchanged pleasantries. I moved on my day. It was raining, and we were cutting down these trees. And uh, I'd see her in and out of the house there across the alley as we worked on this project. And uh, so one day I, I took a little thank you gift for helping us on our project, getting her stuff out of the way. And and uh, she received it well, And but I didn't have any uh, contact with her afterwards. And uh, months went by, and and uh, she looked like she kind of uh, living out there on the edge bed. And so one day I heard that she hung herself. And uh, it really, uh, it really had an effect on me. And I began to reflect on if I could have done anything differently in my interaction with her. And the, the she was in a bad relationship with a guy, and and she was struggling with drugs, and she relapsed. And this time, when she relapsed, the the uh, Children's Protective Services we have here in California, they call it CPS took her children from her, and so she hung herself. And uh, people take their lives often. Uh, many addicts do uh, when they just 
have relapsed too many times and just have given up, and they lose hope. This passage says, therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is my portion. You know, in ourselves, uh, a lot of times there uh, we lose hope because maybe we failed at a particular uh, task or habit or something, something uh, over and over and over again. And, and uh, just we just feel like there's no more hope. But there is, and his mercies are new every morning, and that's why I I always focus and just, uh, some people say meditate. I had a friend who used to say marinate. I used to sit and marinate on that a little bit, and uh, I think it's important to do that and just uh, maybe if you know the Lord, that's great. If you don't, I think even some quiet time and thinking about things and think about new ways to do things is important this time of year because it's a it's a time of year that's been created by God just like you've been created by God and so the times of the year are significant to our well-being and how we feel and our mental health so uh, I just thought I'd leave that with you new new year's resolution so it as it I won't repeat myself. I said that you could have resolutions in a lot of different areas. Some of the resolutions you may consider in, in the uh, considering the reality that we are in a, a struggle in this country, in the United States. And um, our founding fathers never imagined that we would have a government that would not want its people to be involved in it. And more and more local city, state, and county government, they talk a good game, but they really don't want you involved. And uh, many, many decisions are made when you're asleep, and I mean that properly. You're, you're busy doing other things. You're not, you're not able to attend to the, the response that should be taking place on some of the huge decisions made made in Washington or California or whatever your state. So one one resolution may be um, to maybe you haven't been involved much in your government, but you decide you know I'm going to get involved, and I'm going to look at the agendas of the city council, or I'm going to look at the agendas of the board of supervisors. Count we have those in our. And we have counties in California and, and boards of supervisors over them. Maybe you're going to look at the the agendas and make sure that that uh, if you need to say something about that, you're going to call them or you're going to write write an email or you're going to go in and talk to them about that during the meetings. That would radically change the goings on in our in our local government meetings. The people attended the meetings, and I know people get discouraged. Randy Thomason, who uh, hosted this show here a few weeks ago while I was in Vietnam, made a comment in his flyer uh, that he sent out, and he said, you know, we need to just do the right thing. And even if we don't get the, the right results, we need to stand up and do the right thing. That's what we get credited for. So many times I've I've tell people I voted for or I encourage people to vote for certain people or certain things and I don't get my way but I still believe that I was doing the right thing 
and I chose the right way. And though people didn't agree with me, the majority of them, um, I still stood up. So I think it's important if, if in the area of community involvement, maybe there's a group in your area, maybe there's a taxpayers association, maybe there's a conservative group, maybe there's a gun lobby like National Rifle Association in your area. Find a group that is really doing something, not just sitting around whining, but doing something. Register people to vote. Get involved in a very practical way to change your community, your, your city, your county, whatever it is. I'm, my recommendation always is to start where you are and change the people. You have much more, you have a bigger voice locally than you will when you go to your state or your your. Uh, your federal government. So um, I'm going to leave it at that. And even if you start and don't continue for the whole year, people say, oh, yeah, I just always quit. I always fail. I think that's just fine. I think it's important to start and uh, put, put your foot in front of the other and get it on. And um, even if you stop, start, stop, start, right? Get it on make a difference uh, we need to hear your voice we need you to vote we need you to stand up we need you to get involved please get involved um, if you're retired it's a wonderful time in life to really get involved and and really make some stands that maybe young people are trying to make money trying to pay their bills they never before has it been harder as a young person to start a family and so you folks that are retired can get it on and make a big difference. So I'm really encouraging you to uh, think about it. You just have a couple days left to think about a resolution. Uh, one of the things I was going to suggest to you, if you haven't seen it, is on rumble.com. Rumble.com. Look up died suddenly hyphen new COVID-19 documentary from Stu Peters. You could probably put a variety of things in there under rumble.com. Then it'll say, what do you want to look at? And you put in died suddenly and then put in maybe Stu Peters. That's a guy who put the film together with some other folks that are professionals in that area. And it is a documentary of the phenomenon of people dropping dead because of COVID-19, not the illness, but the jabs. So that would be a good place to start and uh, maybe to educate yourself about some of the issues that are coming up. Now, ABC News producer Dax Tejera uh, died the other day at 37 years of age. You know, people, I just don't know any 37-year-olds that are dying, except since we had the jab. Tahara uh, is the executive producer of ABC's Sunday show this week with George Stephanopoulos. Had an impressive career as a young man. Uh, but he's dead. He had children, he had a wife, and he's gone. Said it was a sad day. Uh, this is an interesting statement. Tahara joined ABC in 2017 was named um, 
the leader, the program man for this week, and he was only 35 years of age in 2017. He was a Dartmouth graduate. He previously had stints at NBC and Fusion Media Network. Now, this is an interesting statement. Listen to this. This week's co-author, co-anchor, Jonathan Carl, sharing that Dax adored his family and he loved his work. Rachel Scott reported for ABC News on Saturday. Listen to this. One sentence. His passing has left us shocked and hurt. Now, shocked, I understand. I'm shocked all the time. Hurt kind of throws me. And uh, particularly uh, hurt about what? Offended, hurt, disappointed. Anyway, uh, I, I, I'm hurt when I realize that my friends have taken the jab and they have a brain, a, a brain aneurysm, blood clot in the brain. Now, the other one that died this last week is, is uh, cage fighter, UFC Hall of Famer, Stephen Bonnar, B-O-N-N-A-R. He died Thursday. He was 45. Now, this is a guy who was probably in some of the best shape of any athletes, being a cage fighter. He was known as some of the most amazing fights that, that set the bar so high for the UFC uh, first season of The Ultimate Fighter. In other words, it just goes on and on and says this guy was such an amazing guy in great shape, da-da-da-da. He was retired, wasn't fighting anymore, but he's dead. How are your folks doing that you know? Are people dropping dead? You make an excuse for them? Oh, well, you know, it's his time. <laughs> it's never anybody's time. Some people live to 90, 100 years old. Think, oh, yeah, he lived a long life, 70. That's not a long life. I mean, if you're young, you might think that's long and not worth living. Maybe you want to die at 50. So anyway, uh do you realize that more that the pharmaceutical, I was just thinking about this before I started the show, the pharmaceutical, big pharmaceutical, big pharma, has killed more people with their jabs than drug addicts have, than the drug scene has. Once you think about that, we say, oh, my goodness, don't do drugs. Oh, don't do drugs. You don't know what you're getting. It could cause you to die. You could just takes one time and you can die. And then we have actually killed more Americans with the jab. And boy, you just don't hear many complaints about it. Just don't hear many complaints about it, do you? It's all our, we, our uh, frustration and our excitement over things is kind of uh we're picky about that we don't get too excited about all the people die, dying from the covid jab but we get all excited when we when we hear the fraud about they died of covid oh my goodness they died of covid they didn't die nobody's dying of covid it's a big fraud dying of the common cold it's all a big fraud folks you're the people that are the most highest paid people in your county, highly educated, are the biggest liars in our county. 
We'll be right back, and we're going to start our set, second segment. Because we cannot get re-elected, we cannot win this re-election, excuse me, we can only re-elect Donald Trump. I have to tell you right here, I have been collecting stories that I can absolutely establish are told by the people behind the Iron Curtain in the Communist bloc. And they're stories that reveal their kind of cynicism about the system under which they live. And one of the more recent ones that I heard was about the man walking along the street at night, Moscow, Soviet soldier called to him to halt. He started to run the show, soldier shot him. And another man said, why did you do that? Well, he said, curfew. Well, he said, it isn't curfew yet. He said, I know, he's a friend of mine. I know where he lives. He couldn't have made it. <laughs> the demise of a nation once great. Witness the arrogance of thieves in suits from their wealth and comfort as they spend the American treasure of generations yet unborn. Witness as they smile in full knowledge that they're comfortable with taking the position that they're better managers of our nation's decline. But witness ye also that the American people have had enough. We struggle, we the people, Americans from sea to shining sea, cannot pay for groceries or fuel. They're cold and hungry and feel betrayed by this body. And I understand that sentiment and passion because I share it. I thank the gentleman for my time, and I stand opposed. The gentleman's time has expired. Aman Jabi has worked in Silicon Valley for 28 years. His background includes work on deep technologies that are involved in the new digital prison system being designed by big tech. In 2020, he moved to Montana and became a whistleblower, warning the public of the very real threat about to be unleashed upon us all known by many as the Mark of the Beast system. Aman explains how accepting the digital ID is the basic premise behind it all. So by default, a digital identity implies that you are always in a digital prison. Since you have a digital identity and you're in a prison, you are by default a criminal. So we don't trust you. Just like the old system, this new one is also voluntary. And you are supposed to know that it's a digital prison that you are voluntarily signing up for. And the reason for this is because in this new system, having a digital ID will be proof that you are a criminal. Because having a digital ID means that you are in a digital prison. And because you accepted it, you must be a criminal. Because of this, there is a new protocol being introduced with this system, known as Zero Trust. 
how is zero trust going to be used? Here's a lady, she wants to go and buy some beef, but let's say her carbon footprint or her beef footprint for the month has been exceeded, that door won't open. This digital prison is sneaking up on us all. There is no need for an implanted chip because everything is being done with facial recognition, which is already plugged into the entire system. America already has more cameras per capita than communist China, and our social credit score is already being logged. All we need at this point is a series of events that lead us all into having to make the choice of either accepting the new digital ID or saying no. Since the COVID lockdowns, new state-of-the-art LED lights have been replacing street lights in cities throughout the West. Aman explains that this is all part of the plan. These lights will be connected to everything, including your phone and your car. And in new cars, that includes 16 different cameras with LiDAR and sonar. These lights are being outfitted with LED incapacitators, which is a light technology that was first announced 15 years ago, back when it caused enough brain damage to make a person sick. Another strange weapon in the final stages of development is able to mount an all-out barrage on the optic nerve. The LED incapacitator was developed under the auspices of the Department of Homeland Security for the purposes of creating what we call a non-lethal defense system. And uh, this technology consists of a bright set of LED technology, light-emitting diodes, uh, that is designed to create uh, sort of temporary blindness, meaning temporary ability to not be able to see the person who we're trying to protect. If aggressors caught in its bright pulsating glare don't shield their eyes or turn away quick enough, Temporary blindness isn't the only effect they'll feel. The first time I saw the LED, I was in a darkened room, and within three or four seconds, I had reached forward and grabbed a hold of a lab bench because I was feeling a little bit uh, uh, dizzy or disoriented. The device's combination of different colors and random flashes can induce psychophysical effects, including vertigo and possible nausea. It's been nicknamed the puke light. It's been 15 years and our Silicon Valley whistleblower believes that this technology is now capable of killing people. Ultimately, we can say no to this. But if there's a critical mass that doesn't sign on to the digital ID, then this agenda gets weakened substantially. But we will have to first unify and come together. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. All right. Well, I, I as I mentioned, had Randy Thomason, who I have great admiration for, and I think he does a great job. And for, I don't know, 20, 30 years, he has been involved at the state capitol lobbying for causes and protecting family values and the Christian Judeo ethic. And so uh, on, on December 3rd, he did the radio show for me. I skipped the podcast that week because I was in Vietnam. 
So uh, I support Randy Thomason. I want to, since we're coming to the end of the year, a resolution you may have is to support one of these uh, groups that are making a difference in our country, fighting the good fight to resist the takeover of communists. And one of those groups is SaveCalifornia.com. That's Campaign for Children and Families. That's all they do. Push it every single day. So you can go to SaveCalifornia.com, common spelling, and just uh, donate to your heart's desire. So I got an end of the year kind of summary here. And uh, I was pretty encouraged because did you know that there's 1,000 California, I don't know whether there's a limit on the certain number of laws that they put a limit. They say you can't have any more than this. But typically, there are a thousand new laws every year passed and signed by the governor. Does that does that blow your mind? And probably you don't even know some of them, a lot of them, and they have made you a criminal because they they are now saying that something you're doing used to be legal and now it's illegal. However, in the midst of a thousand new laws, and I want you to think about this. Laws be, began to be developed in the Judeo-Christian stream, and you could go back to the ten first ones called the Ten Commandments. And now we're getting a thousand little commandments a year just think about that every law there is puts some control on your life do you ever do you ever go study the laws that were passed probably not neither do i i just think it's baloney so these are some things that got defeated that didn't didn't become a law which i thought were so cool you remember there was ab 1993 which would have made it mandatory to get a COVID vaccine shot for all workers. And then there was SB, AB just means assembly bill, SB means Senate bill, SB 871, if that would have passed, that would have made it mandatory for all school children to be injected. SB 866 would have made it mandatory for any teenager to get the jab without parental consent. Senate Bill 1464 would have made it, would have forced sheriffs to enforce public health officer orders. You know, public health officers right before COVID got given all kinds of extra powers by our legislators. Did you know that? Did you know that you didn't elect the public health officer? That person is hired by the local supervisors. So they were going to turn around and make the sheriff force them to enforce the pub public health officer's orders. Now, the sheriff is the highest elected official representing the people's constitutional rights in each county. Thankfully, that didn't pass. All of these ones I'm describing to you were defeated. They did not pass. And finally, there was government-controlled health care, AB 1400. 
Now, these were vetoed, which I was shocked. Gavin Newsom vetoed these. He vetoed the legislature passed uh, a bill that would have put school-based clinics on every campus. That means abortion on every campus, et cetera, et cetera. All kinds of weird sexual stuff on every campus. AB 1940, that was vetoed. Mandatory kindergarten, which would be a crime against humanity. SB 70. Some people want mandatory kindergarten because they don't want to take care of their own kids. Mandatory kindergarten is not beneficial to children. Keeping their children home with mama is hugely beneficial to kids at that age. And the later you start them, according to bright psychologists, the later you start them, right? Oh, you mean you can't don't start them till the first grade or the second grade? Whatever. The later you start them, if you got them close to mom or dad, the better. The better those kids thrive. So they were when I was on the school board for Yuba County Office of Education, they were constantly pushing. We had advocates, liberal advocates, pushing mandatory kindergarten. All that is is a boon for the unions and more teachers. And I'll tell you about California in, in the Mets. We're mopping up the basement on literacy. Government-run safe injection sites. That means sites that are monitored by health officials where you can go in and shoot heroin or shoot whatever. All those things. That, these were vetoed. The first ones were defeated. These were veto, vetoed. Here's why Randy Thomason says they're fighting for truth in California. Because people need reality. I totally agree with that. They need facts. You can't make a good decision without good information. And that's what they're trying to find, provide. If you notice during COVID, your government is has become professional at deceiving you. Lies harm people and destroy people. Now we have the the major before Elon Musk bought Twitter, that Twitter, Facebook, Google were all in collusion to deceive the population in the United States, telling lie after lie after lie. Number two, people, because we need to know history, which teaches us how to, how to be good or evil, wise or foolish. True history always benefits. Revisionist history always dumbs down. That's what your school system is doing, dumbing down history. Number three, because Bible truths shape good character, especially in children, but worldly lies ruin minds, leading both young and old into immorality and pathways of death. This is so important, says ultimately, whoever captures the minds and hearts of children and young adult, adults captures the future. That's what they're fighting for at SaveCalifornia.com. I would uh, please donate something to them. I always like to push savecalifornia.com. And I always like to push Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, which is hjta.org, which is constantly exposing the uh, assault 
on our, you know, when you, when you experience higher and higher in taxes, that's taking away your freedom. When your money is taken from you, when your property is taken from you, your freedom is taken from you. So I want to encourage you, if you want to give an end-of-the-year gift, even if it's $10, $5, $25, if you can send a couple hundred dollars, I'm telling you, you can't fight these fights with no money. You, you can have really bright people like Randy Thomason and others, but you cannot fight these fights with no money. So um, I wanted to, uh, I was going to talk, touch on this last week, but let me give you another group. It's Brad Dacus, B-R-A-D-D-A-C-U-S. Met Brad many years ago. He used to be a, uh, a member of a senator's, uh, oh, what's was it Senator Baker down in Texas? He was on his staff, Brad Dacus. Brad Dacus, when I met him, was an attorney. And he started, a, instead of just going in and making a lot of money, he started a group called the Pacific Justice Institute. And uh, so I get letters from him as well. And uh, he has spoken up here before in Northern California. It started, they started, I think, down here in Sacramento. It says PJI is unique in that for 25 years we have left no one behind who has been put at the crossroads of either choosing to stand and fight for their religious liberties or to bow by the powerful forces that have created an unjust situation in the first place. Many, if not most, U.S. nonprofit legal defense organizations take on cases with an eye toward their promotional value and not from the perspective of the needs of an individual client. I can understand that. I support uh, this group, Pacific Justice Institute, and uh, I, I've been sending money to the Thomas More Society defending people being trying to be destroyed by the bite me administration. So uh, Brad writes a letter and he says uh, that that's why we said yes. When pastor Ignacio Torres at new harvest Christian fellowship reached out to us in his hour of need. And uh, because they have a lot of experience in church land use cases. So it's become popular for governments to say, ah, you can't, you can't have a church down here. So the city of Salinas, which is in Central California, discouraged Pastor Ignacio from purchasing a downtown former department store by placing draconian restrictions on the church services and stating that the church did not fit its vision of a fun and vibrant downtown entertainment district. So they took this on and um, uh, PJI said this is the biggest case they've ever had in this realm we attempted to resolve the this informally but the city resisted filed a lawsuit and a federal judge in san francisco bay area ruled against new harvest but on appeal the ninth circuit which is amazing they're very liberal recognized that the discrimination against him reversing the decision below and handing pji and new harvest a major victory however the city of salinas just like the County of Yuba refused to accept the Ninth Circuit's decision and recently appealed the case to the United the Supreme Court. The local Yuba County just appealed a loss at the local level. 
Um, so the reality is the Supreme Court turns away about 99% of all its cases, but but the PJI New Harvest case has caught their attention, and the Supreme Court of the United States of America asked PJI to file a response to the city's petition for review of the case. So this is a big case. This is another organization that if you believe in the type of things they're doing, that's all they do is help people defend their uh, religious rights. Pastor Ignacio writes, I started the legal process, and within one day, Pacific Justice Institute said they would take my case. I want to thank the entire PJI team, et cetera, et cetera. So they're saying, would you give $5, right? So I don't have their address right here, but I think it's PJI, Pacific Justice Institute, .org. And I was going to bring that up last week. But I didn't, but because it's at the end of the year and these organizations could really use a boost. Now, I also want to talk about, uh, uh, let me mention a couple people that make this show possible and thank them because I don't give them any money. I just talk about them. They give me some money to pay for the bills on this uh, internet podcast and also the live show. So, and some of them I just help because they're starting out a business. And one of them has been persecuted. Ira Burroughs, who was, was a firefighter with the uh, San Francisco Fire Department, he got kicked to the curb because he wouldn't take the jab that might kill, his, kill him. And he didn't think that was a good value since he was married and had five kids. And he knew something about the jab. So in the meantime, they're suing the city and the uh, fire department in the city. and uh, But in the meantime, they're trying to make a living. He and his wife, Gina, and they have ysjunkangel.com, ysjunkangel.com. And uh, they move the stuff that you don't want to move. They haul stuff to the dump. They move stuff around. They clean up properties, et cetera, et cetera. And you could get some help from them if you text or dial 530-329-3113. 530-329-3113. By the way, any of these you can find if you think, oh, I didn't write that number down. If you go to nohostagesradio.com and you look up the episode I'm talking about, it will list all these here for you, and you don't have to mess up writing them down if you didn't have something to write with real quick. The other one is Little Billy's Excavator and Backhoe Service. That's Israel Garcia a veteran Marine, and uh, he does some amazing work with backhoe and excavator. So we were out digging today with shovels and picks and saws, trying to put in a drainage system at a building. And uh, I wished Israel was over there doing the digging for me. But we couldn't have got his backhoe in that tight area we were in, so we had to do it all by hand. It's nice to have a big old excavator or a, a backhoe to, like, get those footings dug or some pier holes or ditches or a pond built, et cetera, et cetera, or rocks moved out of the way. So if you're interested in some help, he's up here in Yuba County, but he'll work all over Northern California. You can dial him up at 530 
800-260-0010 or text him at 360-10, 360-10, very simple. And um, I I ran across uh, Will Fanning at, at Thanksgiving. I was, made three different stops, and he was at one of them. And we were talking a little bit about his business, and uh, he's got four of them now working together. Jose, Lupe, Josh, and Will at All Power Services. And the key here is they fix all kinds of things that are powered by something. And uh, whether they're a a machine or a, a blaster, water blaster or whatever, pressure washer, or an and uh, a fun device like a jet ski, any kind of motor, they fix it. Boom! That's just what they do. And uh, they also do amazing welding, fabrications, etc., like that. So all power services, and you can reach them at text them, call them at five three zero eight four four zero three four seven. Eight four four zero three four seven. They're here in Yuba City, South Yuba City, fourteen sixty nine Stewart Road. A very quiet road, easy to get in and out of. Very simple, right off Highway ninety nine. So just text or call them, and uh, they will take your broken stuff and give it back to you, all ready to rock and roll. So check it out. All right. So we just got about a minute and a half left, and uh, I wanted to talk to you. Let me just see if I can get over here. If you need a school to go to, you know, there's all kinds of a push to go to a school because our schools had closed. And uh, so a school started up a couple of years ago called Embassy Private Educational Center, or EPIC, E-P-E-C, a different approach to learning, they say, no COVID mandates or protocols. And you could check it out on a website at churchofgladtidings.com and just go hover over with your cursor over ministries and they'll do a drop down and you can pull up EPIC and it'll tell you all about it. There's even videos of students. So tell about the mission statement. It's a K-12 through school to private school. Uh, kindergarten to 12, as I mentioned, no COVID mandates or protocols. Classes take place Tuesday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. A Becca Christian curriculum is used for core subjects. So it tells you about tuition. You can sign up. You can shoot them an email. You can call them. Uh, they have traditional classes, math, science, English, social studies, physical education, and elective and the Bible, which is very important. So they give you all the stuff, application, tuition, supply list, photo release. And uh, so I think that's a good option. Uh, there's many, many reasons to leave the public schools, and I'll maybe talk about them before the day's out here. But there's lots of them, and uh, there, are, there are other private schools in the Yuba Sutter area, but that's one of them that I'm familiar with. Okay? We'll be right back.
pardoning some of the January Sixers. Yeah. Lindsey Graham said a couple days later he thinks that's inappropriate. What do you think? Well, Lindsey Graham's wrong. I mean, Lindsey's a nice guy, but he's a rhino. Despite a big push from President Biden to refund police departments, House Democrats are delaying a plan to do just that. At the same time, every member of Congress is set to get $10,000 to put in security systems in their homes, including $150 a month just to maintain them. But it gets better. As Democrats try to run away from the defund movement, one top leader says it's a lie to call them out over it. Listen. The notion that any of our frontline members or members of the House Democratic Caucus support defunding the police is just part of the big lie that extreme MAGA Republicans continue to tell about everything. Joining me now is Harmeet Dillon, California RNC committee woman. Also with me is Kurt Schlichter, senior columnist for Town Hall Media. All right, Harmeet, let's start with you. What in the ro world is wrong with California? Because I don't know that we have enough time in the day to go through everything, but give us your top line grievances. Well, thanks for having me. You know, when you look at the whole state of California, it's actually a red state. It's this it's this blue loony strip on the coast where Kurt and I happen to live that is doing all these crazy things. And indeed, we are driving so many people out of California that we lost a congressional seat in the recent redistricting. So I live in San Francisco and, you know, it was a beautiful city, very pleasant to live and work in and walk around. But in the last few years, it's become unlivable. The poop on the streets, the needles, the drugs. Scott Weiner is my representative in the in the state Senate. And okay. so uh, 1.7 million could buy you maybe two median homes in, in California. Instead, it's buying non-functioning toilets. So the, the lunatics are running the asylum here. And unless we Republicans get strong and begin to take back all these places in our country, it is going to, California's misery is going to become the country's misery. We have Kamala Harris, number two, uh, in line to the presidency, and Gavin Newsom lurking in the wings. So we have to stop this madness. Yeah, I'm into that. Uh, all right, Kurt, uh, a California county has passed an ordinance that will ban landlords from conducting criminal background checks on prospective tenants. The Alameda County Board of Supervisors voted four to nothing on Tuesday. The ordinance will prevent private and public landlords from requiring applicants to disclose arrests or convictions. I mean, are they just trying to force more people to Utah, Arizona and other parts of the country? What are they doing? Well, I think they are, Jason. I mean, look, I'm a trial lawyer. So California was designed to you know, enrich people like me, you know, social parasites and other people who contribute nothing. Um, so, so I haven't left. But most of my conservative friends have. And, um, you know, and, it, and as Harmeet pointed out, we lost a representative this year. I just saw an interesting statistic today. If current trends continue, California is going to lose three or four, maybe even five more representatives in the 2030 sentence, census, which I think is a great thing. Look, I came here in 1972. It was the golden state. Ronald Reagan was governor. I was just a little kid. But you know, California meant I could do what I wanted. I could live my dreams. And I did. I came back from the Gulf War. I became a lawyer, got a firm, did stand-up comedy. I got to write best-selling books. I get to write for town hall. I got to be an army officer. And, and, and work on California disasters, of which we had many. 
but that dream is dying for younger people. And it kills me, Jason, yeah. to see young people growing up in a California where their dreams can't come true. Well, and, and that's the sad part about it. I mean, it no, undoubtedly has great weather, but uh, Harmeet, I want you to listen to this one L.A. business owner detailing his experience with crime in the area. Watch this. It's so bad that we have employees being attacked to and from their cars every day on the way to work. We have three to five storefronts smashed per month. The, the typical weapon of choice is a six-inch knife, uh, cast iron six-inch pipe, or a sawed-off fishing rod. That's how bad it is, and that's what normal pedestrians and shop owners have to face every day. Harmi, what's your experience with this? Oh, absolutely correct. The district attorney there is our former San Francisco district attorney, and we have open warfare in the streets, particularly they're picking on people who are vulnerable. Of course, people don't have weapons in these cities. It's virtually impossible, even after the recent changes at the United States Supreme Court, to get a carry permit here in San Francisco. They haven't granted a single one. And so law-abiding taxpayers who are prosperous are sitting ducks for criminals with no recourse whatsoever. And that is absolutely accelerating the flight out of out of California. But this is happening in other states as well. You know, California gets the giggles yeah. and the blame. Yeah. But actually, this culture and this ethos is being exported to the entire United States. And, you know, we're powerless right now with the, you know, Democrats running the show in D.C. You saw what happened yesterday with the omnibus bill to do anything about it. And so that is why we really one of the reasons I'm you know, running for RNC chairman to make sure that the Republican Party fights back on these issues aggressively all over the country. All right. So uh, I, I got just a few seconds here, but uh, Kurt, uh, Governor Newsom just revealed that this year alone, California seized enough fentanyl to potentially kill the entire population of North America twice. Your thoughts? Uh, you know, well, there, there are solutions to that. And I think, uh, uh, I think Harmeet's listed them. And by the way, I strongly support her candidacy for RNC chair. I think we need that change and we need conservatives fighting for conservative values. Gavin Newsom is going to come out of California and try and make all California into, uh, you know, the crime and hobo infested hellholes that Los Angeles and San Francisco have become. We've got to fight back. We've got to stop it. We have to draw the line. And then we've got to take our golden state back because it's a beautiful state with beautiful weather. Our, Heck, I'm wearing yeah. shorts. And it's December 23rd. <laughs> I woke up this morning. All right, so I was talking about Epic, and I let me just carry on a little bit. There are some private schools. Uh, there are some charter schools that you can look at, but the schools in California are in such terrible shape, they're not going to change in our lifetime. I don't care how old you are listening. It's impossible to change them in our lifetime. If you just eliminate all the filthy things they're doing, which is aborting children, handing out birth control pills, teaching people about sex, talking to kids, convincing them that they aren't the same gender as what they were born, 
uh, allowing transgenders to come into the class. I could just go on and on and on. My point is, if you just could eliminate all that, you still have a bad school. Back in the day when they didn't do any of that, when I went to California schools, they taught a rich classic classical education. And the only reason you didn't learn is because you weren't applying yourself. But it was there. You could go as far as you wanted and as deep as you wanted. Today, that's not true. If you, if you put your kids... You know, some kids are going to thrive even if you put them and just lean them against a tree out back. Most kids don't. And the school is a factory. It's not the best system to educate your kids in a factory system. Not everybody is designed to learn in the way that the factory is delivering education. I was on the school board for, I think, a dozen years, Yuba County Office of Education, and I just saw that really close and uh, provocative, that changing a kid up, how he's learning, where he's learning, he would, he would go from F to A's. So if you think your kid is never going to succeed or he's failing or he hates school, you might want to try a different approach, even if you have to sacrifice. They're your kids. When you have an education system that cannot educate, they got them six to eight hours a day and they cannot educate those kids. You would not put up with that in any other profession in the United States, whether it was medical profession, whether it was a place you wanted to eat, if they couldn't deliver the food, medical, if they couldn't deliver health care to you, contracting, if they couldn't fix your roof or couldn't fix your plumbing, you wouldn't put up with any of these types of incompetencies. People that are principals of schools getting paid a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars a year, claiming they're the smartest people in town, and they do not know the constitutional. I just read through the constitutional uh, protections for students, and they're they're violated in every school all over the United States all the time. They just run roughshod over over kids. So. My recommendation, because you only have your kids for a very short time, and the education can cause them to hate you and hate the United States of America, and that's what our California school system is doing. So when you get a chance to have a school like Epic, which is run by John and Vicki Tade, they're the principals of it. John Tade's career was in the military, his first career second career as an educator and then he quit the public school system or what we call the government school system because he was not willing to teach what they were asking him to teach that's just the, the facts and his wife is a, was a college athlete and a sharp lady they have kids they're not only just teaching you know did you know that a high percentage of teachers in the government schools do not put their kids in the government schools, their own children. I want you to think about that for a while. Your children, you're teaching the public schools. Why wouldn't you put your kids in the public schools? 
because you know something as an insider in the public schools that you don't want your kids involved. A huge majority of the of, of the teachers that are teaching in government schools and taking those taxpayer dollars are choosing to put their kids in private schools. Think about it, people. So Epic is, is an option for you, and uh, I can give you a phone number for them, I think, if I can scroll down. Yeah, here's a phone number. If you call them, you can call them at 530-671-3160, extension 254. So you only get those kids one time. You only get one shot. I used to, I had a gal, I was teaching, uh, I, I, I don't want to call it teaching. I was um, doing a character talk once a week. And I was doing some reading for Doug Eshman when he had one of the top schools in Northern California. He's, he was in Marysville. And he gave me this fourth grade to talk to. I, was, I would read out of a book, kind of a 20-minute reading deal or 10, 15-minute. And I noticed the teacher was kind of out of sorts and uh, would yell at the kids a lot. And so I just, I went and talked to him about it. And I just said, uh, Doug DeGell just is this way and that way. I, I think it's inappropriate. And he said, you know, I know she's that way. And there's nothing I can do about it. This guy was a great principal. Had one of the top schools, top score schools in the Northern California. And I said, why don't you just give her a golden handshake, send her home? He, he just said, Lou, the unions that have me tied up, we'd spend a quarter of a million dollars fighting over this. He said, she's going to retire in a couple of years. And I said, yeah, but it's only, those kids only get to be in the fourth grade one time in their life. And so we're sacrificing the whole team of fourth graders in that class. That's what you're faced with. But as a, a parent... Right now, even though we have a communist government, they're not insisting that you keep the kids in the school that they choose for them. You can move them. So I'm, I'm not going to say any more. I'm just going to move on myself, and I'm going to leave it at that. All right? So uh, I want to... Um, I'm just going to go over here and do something. I Again, there was another item that I skipped over last week because I was running short of time. And I want to go back and get it this week because it's really important. Yeah, you know, uh, Dr. Lou, one of my listeners sent me a, the, the YouTube clip that I have seen many times where Dr. Lou says the best thing for you is to take remdesivir if you get COVID, which will kill you. She doesn't say that, but uh, she gets paid well to say that. And uh, she said, don't use hydroxychloroquine because that will uh, ruin your kidneys or your liver or your heart. <laughs> Unbelievable. The gal's a quack, total quack. So this article from uh, last uh, a week or so ago, week before Christmas. Title is Ivermectin Works Even If the Establishment Falsely Claims Otherwise. Now, Dr. Cassidy, who used to be the uh, health officer, I stumbled across a video. I'm just looking at YouTube one day and ran across this vid video of the beginning 
of how ivermectin was discovered. It was discovered by a Japanese scientist, and um, he, I think he began to use it on some sort of a disease that caused blindness in people. And it solved it. And then, it, anyway, it's a great video. I'm going to have to look it up, and then I'm going to give you the link to it because uh, it shows the depth of uh, collusion and deception and fraud between the United States media and the United States government. Because do you remember when they people started going and they were buying ivermectin because you could buy it in a feed store? You don't have to buy it. You can buy it in a pharmacy, but you need a prescription. But you can buy it at a feed store, and uh, you don't need a prescription. So many people are going to buy it. So they were mocking people, uh, calling it horse paste. By the way, do you know many drugs are used on animals and also used on people? So this says uh, there's a lot of deception that came out of the COVID scandemic, one of the most prominent being the myth that ivermectin, a safe and effective FDA-approved drug, is somehow dangerous and ineffective to use on the Fauci flu. We were also told again and again that the drug does not even work for the Chinese flu, which is scientifically false. We again were told that the drug is just horse paste and that it was designed for cattle, even though the U.S. Drug, Food and Drug FDA approved it for humans back in the 1990s. Ivermectin is a wonder drug. It is. It's a miraculous wonder drug that solves all kinds of problems. That is among the safest to ever have been developed by the big pharma industry. It won a Nobel Prize and it's been used ever since all around the world to treat parasites and other conditions like blindness. When Trump mentioned it to America, the establishment started to panic. Why? Why did they start to panic? Because they didn't want anybody to be able to come up with a simple solution. They wanted to introduce the vaccines. Have you ever seen a time in America when when. Companies are making billions and billions of dollars off selling something that's killing people and paralyzing people and giving kids heart attacks. We were told that ivermectin causes serious harm and that it is a dangerous. We we're also told that it might be laced with poison. Every scare tactic in the book was trying to persuade people not to use ivermectin over living in fear, avoiding others, wearing a mask, and talking, taking endless vaccines. The campaign worked on some, but not all. Even Merck and Company, the original developer of ivermectin, spoke out against their own drug. Ivermectin was found to reduce the risk of death by 92%. Serious COVID sick patients. 92%. That's unbelievable, people. You got to ask yourself, why was it so important to stop people from using ivermectin? Why did the FDA even go so far as to try to intercept foreign shipments of ivermectin into the United States, like cocaine or heroin? to prevent people from accessing it. The fact is that ivermectin was a threat. 
to the entire establishment and its COVID agenda. People like the quack, Dr. Fong Lu of Yubin Sutter County. The plan was to deceive the entire world into following the official COVID protocols. What were those? Take the vax. That would have wiped out most people and left behind only a few to become the new global slave class. Remember, they started taking away all your freedoms and privileges. You can't go visit your friends. You can't go to an AA or NA meeting. You can't go to church. You can't go here. You can't go there. You can only go to a few box stores only when you really have to, and you have to wear a mask and stand six feet apart and go up and down the aisle uh, one way, etc. Nonsense, nonsense. All of it was baloney and garbage. Every single bit of it. That plan was intercepted when cracks began to form in the control matrix. The truth kind of slipped out, folks. And people started asking questions, and once they did, blah, 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 people like Fong Lu, biting her tongue, couldn't talk, talks into the YouTube, lie, 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 Dr. Fong Lu, just another local liar. Many lives have been saved by ivermectin. I know doctors in the local area here that have given out ivermectin a lot. Costs next to nothing. In Cambodia, I think it was 25 cents a pill. Since it's a, it's a generic drug, in other words, its patents have been run out so people, other people can produce it. Had ivermectin been made public and available over the counter for for uh, for cheap money untold millions of lives could have been saved from this covid pandemic or scamdemic instead those lives are ended by anthony fauci and a cadre of mass murderers who still to this day malign ivermectin unbelievable the brownstone institute which is a think tank, said ivermectin is a repurposed drug that helps and could have helped so much more. It deserves recognition, not disparagement. The challenge is we need to develop a way to inoculate ourselves against the lies and misrepresentations of powerful public figures, organizations, and drug companies. Sadly, there are no such vaccines for a PSYOP. We've been ripped off, people, and until, you know, it's interesting to me. I always was fascinated by zealots among the Jewish community since World War II and the Holocaust who spent their entire life Till they gave up their last breath. Reminding people about the Holocaust, the PSYOP. That's what it was, is a big PSYOP. Where they psyched people out, convinced them of something that wasn't true. And then they gassed them. Big PSYOP. I was just fascinated by people 
that spent their entire lives pursuing Nazis that got away and reminding people how they got away with it, how they, how they did it on the Jews. And today, there's the same tendency as people just want to forget this terrible thing that happened over the last three years, COVID, and I ain't going for it personally. I'm throwing down every chance I get about it. In fact, I just got an email from Adventist Health. You know what it said? Complete cockapoop. Wear a mask. Get a flu shot. Stand, wash your hands incessantly. It's nuts, people. Now we've become a a country of control. And every time there's an illness, which we just went through normal illnesses, no big deal for before. Now we have to wear a mask, supposedly. And that's going to do something. It is not going to do anything. No more than wearing a condom walking around town does something for your vagina or your penis. It's just nonsense, people. And don't get the flu shot. You don't have any idea what's in the flu shot either. They're killing people with the stuff in the jab. If you don't believe me, do some research on what's in the jab. It's so fascinating because we make all this information, uh, all this big deal about the information, like informed consent, informed consent. I've had numbers of operations, so I've had to go through the informed consent. Well, do you, do you know this? Do you know that? Do you do, Did you do this? Did you do that? Is this the right leg? Is this the right shoulder? Is this what you're in here for? What's your name? What's your birth date? Are you conscious? You realize that something could happen bad? And Informed consent. I get it. Most of you just went down and took the jab. Why? Because your doctor told you to do it. And he was as confused as you were. It's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. So we have Adventist Health supposedly spreading the love of Jesus, spreading deception today. I just saw it today. Be right back. Open up the window, let some air into this room. I think I'm almost choking from the smell of stale perfume. And that cigarette you're smoking about to scare me half to death. Open up the window, sucker. Let me catch my breath. Mama told me let's go. Oh, Lord, Mama told me let's go. She said, uh, that ain't the way They hate Trump. Of course they do. They really viscerally, viscerally hate Trump. But it's not just Trump that they hate. They also hate us. They're weaponizing their warped perception against us. Because it's not just that they're wanting to put Trump in timeout because they know it'll make him mad. It's because they don't want us to be able to hear what Trump is saying. They want to prevent us from seeing what Trump is doing. They don't want any debate. They don't want us to be able to hold Trump accountable. They're actually creating a secret government by silencing him. Because how are people supposed to know and dialogue and debate and hold him accountable, participate in our self-governance if we have no access and no no transparency. It's it's one of the hallmarks of our self-governance is this transparency and the debate and the dissent and the accountability. And Twitter has done more to damage that in our modern day than almost anyone else that I can think of. 
"'Twas the night before Christmas, and all round the house, "'not a creature was stirring, except for one louse. "'I had lied and I'd schemed all through the year, "'in hopes the Great Reset soon would be here. Ah, "'And now children are nestled in their hospital beds, "'because safe and effective, my government had said. "'Even my medical chief helped lay the trap, Straight-faced she had lied, though she knew it was crap. And when the people came with their trucks and their clatter, I declared an emergency to deal with the matter. Told the banks to freeze their accounts in a flash, and then I had GoFundMe steal all their cash. I claimed I had COVID, an excuse not to show, and sat in my cottage with a glass of Bordeaux. And later, after I'd made them all disappear, why, only then, only then, did I reappear. Their leaders I arrested and jailed right quick. I called them all terrorists, my dirtiest trick. Then paid off the media to back up my claim. To silence all dissent was my ultimate aim. Truth? That could not be allowed. I'd have to censor it. So I tabled a bill that will soon pass through Senate. I'll control what they say, why, even their thoughts and steal yet more rights uh, if they don't take their shots. Uh, uh. Who, who, who are you? I'm Santa Claus, and you've been a very bad boy, Justin. Do you know what Santa brings to bad boys at Christmas? A lump of coal, Justin. A lump of coal. Ah, a lump of coal. Those are cool tats, man. Oh, for real. Thank you, bro. What is this one? Oh, this? Uh-huh. That's my credo. No regrets. Mm-hmm. You have no regrets? Dad? No. Like, not even a single letter? No, no. way. <laughs> not me. Well, I love him. I think he's great. Hey, okay. I think he's a real winner, Casey. If I were you, I wouldn't use protection. There's another thing. Germs. Where did this sudden fear of germs come from? in this country. Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu, and, and Americans are, they panic easily, so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous and it goes to ridiculous length. Besides, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. So, so listen, if you kill all the germs around you and live a completely sterile life, then when germs do come along, you're not gonna be prepared. And never mind ordinary germs, what are you gonna do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid
Okay, okay, okay. Want to give a shout out to some folks here. Uh, spent the day working with Ted Holmes today, who runs the Plumbing Doctor, and we were doing some. We were removing water that's coming off a building. Instead of letting it run all over the place, we were putting in an underground uh, conduit to get it out of the off the property and out into the street. And uh, he he was out there helping us as a donating his time. He runs Plumbing Doctor. If you have a plumbing need, you can dial him up at five three zero six seven one nine one one one, and they will run right over to your house and solve your problem. Also wanted to mention uh, my friend Nellie Garcia, North Valley Paralegal. She may be moving to a new location. She's at 751 Sutter Street in Yuba City, but she's looking to improve her situation as a business. But right now she's at 751 Sutter, and she is a paralegal par excellence. So good that attorneys send their clients to her many times or when they get ready to retire they refer all their old clients to her isn't that amazing she can do a job better cheaper kinder more honest than the average attorney you can reach her real easy at calling her phone at 530 751-9289 751-9289 also wanted to mention just down the street from her, you can see one business from the other is Allen's Auto Body. And whenever I have a problem in my car with the body, I take it over there and have them fix it. From fixing, putting a new seatbelt in to putting new headlights, upgrading the car, fixing a fight after after it got its lip snapped. Had to go in there and get, get a new front end put on that thing. Uh, they can they can do a great job. And, you know, it's nice to trust people when they're working on your car that they're going to do it right and they're using all the best parts and they're not hiding something. And Kevin and Kerry Clark are really wonderful people, honest people, and you can reach them at Tea Garden in Sutter, and it's a big yellow stripe around their building, 530-671-1057, 671-1057. One zero five seven. All right. Well, I wanted to talk to you about. Remember, I talked to you earlier about a thousand new laws, <clears throat> and I didn't really find a whole list of them, but it's just more and more, more and more, more and more, more and more control. The more laws there are, the less freedom are. Right. The the founding fathers hoped that people would discipline and monitor the, their own behavior. Be law-abiding, right? But the, it's, uh, the, they were talking about the law that's written on your heart, not all the laws in the... Uh, I, there was a law library at uh, Yuba County Jail. We used to teach classes up in the law library, and it was surrounded. All the walls had books, big, thick books on them. They were all numbered. And they went around and around and around and around and around many, many, many editions and levels of bookshelves. And so 
people could go up there and study those if they wanted to fight their own case. Well, nearly a thousand bills came into law. And let's just give me a, so we had, uh, let me just focus on a few of them here. Senate Bill 1375 was on access to reproductive services. That means kill your baby. Assembly Bill 257 was the Fast Recovery Act. Assembly Bill 2282 was hate crimes in school. Now, you know, it's not enough. If you want to beat somebody to a pulp, then they add, well, if, if you're white and that person's Asian or you're white and that person's black or you're uh, straight and that person's homosexual, then it's a hate crime. In other words, you didn't hate them before that. It's just because of who you are and they are. Minimum wage increase. Senate Bill 731 expanded eligibility for sealing criminal records. Senate Bill 1137, oil, gas, and community spaces. In other words, they want more space between any oil rig and uh, community. Uh, so we're going to expand access to abortions, and here's how they're going to do it. Because more and more doctors don't want to do abortions, so they're going to license nurse practitioners to do abortions on their own. No problem. They did a, they did a couple of these, AB, uh, AB, AB 890 and AB 154. Uh, they're going to let them do first 2013. AB 154 allowed them to do first trimester abortions. And then uh, the latest bill in 2020, then oh, another bill in 2020 allowed nurse practitioners to practice independently of a doctor. Usually they're under a doctor. But now they're just going to be able to practice out there on their own. They say California is facing a potentially catastrophic shortage of providers. That means baby killers especially in communities of color well, and rural areas. Remember, we've told you many times that Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, considered people of color weeds, human weeds, and they needed to be plucked from the garden. So they set up their first clinics to stop them from having children in weed communities. As women from restricted states come to California, according to the author of this bill, Atkins, it's important to close the provider gap. It's more important than ever before. So that means we're going to, I don't know, you know, you know, I don't know why we still have small, you know, those smog shops, you got to go in every two years in California, get us your smog done. I was wondering if they couldn't just, they know how to run a machine, you know, and they're basically on the first trimester. They're just sucking the, they're sucking the uh, child out of the womb. It's a big old vacuum they shove up in there. And I was wondering if one of those smog shops could, they could license those smog shop operators because we don't really don't need smog anymore because the cars are running so clean. It, it's just a humbug to have to even check them all the time. Why don't we just send those people over and train them to cross train them? 
to suck the remains out of these females. The Guttmacher Institute, which is the research arm of Planned Parenthood, found that more than 40% of counties in California, there's 58 counties in California, 50 states in the union. Obama gets confused about that, but he never even made it out of college, I don't think. 40% of counties in California don't have a clinic that provides abortions. I don't think Yuba and Sutter counties either provide open abortions. Maybe they maybe they do the day-after pill. I don't know. I always used to hear that Planned Parenthood over in Pelora hauled people down to the abortion clinics in Sacramento. Here's one that really just blows my mind. My father always ran his own business. He was a butcher. He had a meat market, kind of like some of the local independent ones we have around Yuba Sutter. And uh, I always think of him when I see the, these rules. You know, here you go into business. You risk your entire life savings. You spend incredible amounts of time working there, thinking about it, planning, plotting, doing bookkeeping. You know, when you start out working for yourself, you just have to do everything. You can't hire, you don't, can't even afford a bookkeeper. You have to do it yourself. You got to do everything yourself. You got to do your advertising. You got to do everything. So um, the Fast Recovery Act I mentioned earlier is AB 257. This is so ridiculous. It's going to create a first-of-its-kind fast food council to set rules for chains with 100 or more restaurants nationally. I want you to think about this. This is communism, people, where the state tells you how to run your business and manage your business. That's exactly what's going on in every communist country in the world right now. And America, instead of remaining free and standing up for freedom, is now complicit in communist maneuvers. Maneuvers. So we have one person of the, we have uh, four <clears throat> worker representatives, four employers, one person from the governor's office, and one from the Department of Industrial Relations. And together, they'll set the minimum wage for fast food workers with an upper limit of twenty-two dollars an hour. The minimum wage is a complete fraud and lie. The idea is that somehow that people that at the low end of the economic ladder, <clears throat> working ladder, employment ladder, are getting taken advantage of by, by uh, the employer. That's communism. That's a perspective of communists. Every time the government decides they know better how to run somebody's business and they raise the minimum wage, what happens is they lay some of the folks off because they can't afford to pay everybody that same amount. Or they create kiosks where you order yourself or you do self-checkout. You know, I get a kick out of all the people complaining, oh, what, oh they mock Walmart, self-checkout, self-checkout, Sam, self-checkout. That's just because forced wages going up. They're just eliminating people. So the government, and so what happens 
for instance, say I have a business and you want to come and you need a job and I offer a certain wage and maybe you think it's too low. So you don't take the job and maybe the next person doesn't take the job and the next person doesn't take the job. What do you think I have to do if I really need an employee? I'll have to raise the pay, right? You let the market raise the pay. And or if you have an employee and they've been working for you for a while, they started out agreeing to the pay. And then after they've learned, 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 and they become better, better, better. And they and I haven't given them a raise properly. And some other people that the brand X group down the street that does the same thing I do, they like my employee because they know him and he's a great employee. And they say, listen, come to us and we'll pay you two dollars more an hour. Well, up he up he gives two weeks notice and he leaves. Why does he leave? Because he the other employer is showing more appreciation of him. It's interesting that we I don't know why the government doesn't set all the prices on all the products that we're buying. Why would they choose to set it on employees? Why don't they let the employee and the employer set their own price for pay? Now, the interesting thing is people with zero skills that start out, the employer should be allowed to set a lower rate for them because they have zero skills, even if it's for a couple of months to see whether they could do it. So what's happening is the government, right, it's like, oh, well, why don't you just tell us how much we should sell beef for, how much we should sell auto parts for each auto part the government has to have one of these committees set the price that's communism people and i'm telling you they starved their people to death the first step to create this council when the union this is all about union control the services employees international union they got ten thousand signatures of approval from fast food employees So then they can set up this committee and they could then turn around and tell the owners of these fast food restaurants how much they're going to have to pay these people. However, a coalition now came together that's called Save the Local Restaurants. And that involves In-N-Out Burger, Chipotle, and Starbucks, among others. And they have submitted a million signatures to put the issue on the ballot in 2024. Now, some of you are going to be so lame, waterlogged, brain waterlogged, stupid, that when they put this on there, you're going to vote to have the government tell you how much you have to pay people. As a business owner, I think you could figure it out if you... I've seen I've seen uh, people move from business to business where they're paying lots more than the minimum wage and they move to a different employer because they're offering them a lot better deal. The market establishes those kind of realities, not government. And the government always you know what they use? Oh, they when when it's voting time and they want your vote, they say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I voted for to raise the minimum wage like that helped anybody. They didn't really help anybody. If you work hard, you're going to find you're going to get paid more. 
So they're going to put this on the ballot. And I, I will be there will be people that I know that are friends that will will vote for some kind of committee to be in charge of voting for the men of, of, of interfering in somebody else's business. What right does the government have to tell you what time you can open? When do you have to pay time and a half? When do you have to pay double time? How much sick leave you have? How much pregnancy leave you have? It just goes on and on and on. It just, it's absurd. These guys pass a thousand laws a year. It's a, it's just a, it's a criminal, it's a criminal act that what they're doing. I'm not even going to do, get into this hate crimes for school. Kids are good. The best thing you can do is leave the public school, the government schools. So they're going to, they're increasing penalties for people who use hateful symbols as part of hate crimes, like swastikas, nooses, desecrated crosses, and expands, you know, a lot of these are, are frauds. They're, you think, oh, somebody did that. And then you realize that a black kid hung a noose up as a prank. It just, it, the minimum, here's the minimum wage bump. January 1, minimum wage will go to 1550. It's been gradually increasing since 2016. When can you could you remember this when it went from ten to fifteen dollars? Anyway, I don't even know whether I want to spend a lot of time. It's just it's such a loser idea and defe- and it's it's you know who the, you know who the big losers are of this? Either they our legislators are the stupidest people in the world or they're racist. Because the people that really suffer because of the increased minimum wage are black kids in horrible schools that want to go out and just work. And because the employer can't choose the pay that he wants to offer him, he's not willing to pay a kid that's, that doesn't know Jack $15 an hour or fifteen fifty. If you wanted to start him at 10 or 12, he might consider him and see what he's got, and he might bump him up. But you're taking away, it's it's a government-run business, and it sucks. It just sucks in a big way. So new laws requiring a 1,200-foot space between oil and gas wells and community areas. I I didn't think we're going to have any oil and gas wells in California. So the community people are all, all, it's a setback deal. 1,200, what did I say, 1,250 feet? 1,200 feet. 1,200 feet. What's 1,200 feet? 300 feet is a football field, right? That's four football fields away. Four football fields. Does that seem like too much to you? You know, it's just just more and more government bureaucracy. Why are you even involved? Why, Why are they involved? Environmental groups have rallied behind SB 1137 for years, saying that a space or setback zone will keep communities farther from the impacts of leaking wells and pollution. We'll be right back.
Well branded as COVID, okay? Branded as the China virus, Sleepy Joe. I call it the China virus because it came from China, okay? It came from China. And I hope Sleepy Joe bounces back quickly. I hope he bounces back quicker than when he fell off the bike. Road rash Joe, he fell off the bike. And, uh, you know, I had COVID once, the China virus. And I came back quicker and better than anybody's ever seen before. And although Sleepy Joe is positive for the China virus, and a lot of people think that could be a bad thing, the good thing is if he loses his sense of smell, he won't be able to sniff any little girl's hair. He won't be able to go for a sniff, you know. So the little girls are safe while Sleepy Joe stays in quarantine. But he's got the China virus, and I wish him a speedy recovery because, as we all know, nobody wants Kamala. Nobody wants her, believe me in New Jersey, and I'm here just to play off of what um, Mr. Smith just said. Um, I know you have a, pos a policy of harassment, intimidation, and bullying, which if any student acted the way you just did, they would have a HIB violation. It's just totally outrageous. You should hold yourself to the same standard that you expect these children to be held to. Um, it's better if you would just listen to people Everyone wants to hear what people have to say, except for maybe you. I, um, this curriculum that they're implementing, I, I, watched, I read a, um, one of the uh, lesson plans. This is a lesson plan. As I'm reading the lesson plan to my sister on the phone, here we go. Here's the board. There's a penis, there's a man, and there's a woman. These are third graders. The lesson plan says, Hey, Jamal, go up to the board and point to the penis. Hey, um, Annie, can you go over and point to the vagina? Can you point to the clitoris? This is third grade level of what you want. I'm telling my sister on the phone, and my 18-year-old daughter is like, you are disgusting. What are you talking about? And I want to tell you, if that curriculum was talked about in my workplace, People would be filing her, uh, sexual harassment charges on the person having that conversation. This is grooming. What you're doing is trying to get children comfortable about talking about body parts in front of adults. This is grooming. This needs to stop. You do not get to take away parental rights. That's a given. Number one, no one takes away the parental right. Your job is to teach education, and that's it. And the appropriate level for a third grade sex should be, hi, you guys have private body parts. If anyone touches your body part, you should tell somebody. You should never feel uncomfortable. This is the level that you should be talking about sex. So children feel safe, not so you can groom them. That is disgusting. I wouldn't even stand up to a board in whatever grade. And what is the purpose of this? Honestly, what is the purpose of this? Yes, I'm almost done my couple minutes here, and I know you're busy looking at your phone. But I would say it is best for all of you to take note, because you are not going to have these positions much longer, because everyone here is going to step up, and they're going to run against you, and they're going to stick up for parental rights. He was born during a very interesting time in this country, uh, my son. He was born on June 3rd, 2020, uh, the height of Black Lives Matter when my son was born. He uh, came out white, but I gave it the best shot I could. I <laughs> felt like I added to the problem. 
I was thinking this though, and this is serious. I was uh, I was thinking that if he did come out black, which would have meant my wife cheated on me, I would have had to have acted happy about it due to everything that was going on in the country. I couldn't be upset. I'd want to. I come off as racist, so I was prepared in case I'm like the doctor's gonna hand it to me. He's gonna know what went down. He's gonna be like, Jesus is not what you're expecting, and I was gonna be like. Actually, this is better than I was expecting. <laughs> I'm very happy she did this. If you are trying to keep your stuff, your stuff, and things just keep being hauled off, behind the building we were working on today, there were all kind of all kinds of street people, and they're pilfering through a house where the the person died, hung herself, and now they're going through picking through like a bunch of rats, all the stuff. Disgusting. Elite Universal Security. Never, never in our lives has it been more important to need help. I just went and filed a paper with the police department so they could arrest people without calling us on our own property. Have to fight now. You have to fill this out every six months. Ali Universal Security can provide extra care for your properties, for your equipment, for your, you know, where you can't be there 24 hours a day. They could help with technology. It can help with all kinds of things to, to keep you from getting stolen blind, which is just a bait, or your property to be destroyed. Ali Universal Security here in Yuba County but they serve all kinds of uh, communities throughout Northern California. And uh, it's run by a great guy, Monty Hecker and his wife. And you can reach them for two ways. One, if you need them to do some work for you. And secondly, if you would like to go to work for them, maybe you would like to get a little part-time job because prices have gone bazonko. You can reach them at 530-749-0280, As I mentioned, they may be in a county that you're living in. They may be doing jobs in a county you're in and say, oh, well, they're in Yuba County. I don't want to have to commute. You may not have to commute anywhere. Maybe just work in your own county and uh, and they will train you to be a guard or to do surveillance for them or, or, or. So you can look at their website at EliteUniversalSecurity.com and you can call them up at 530-749-0280. They also help if you don't want to be in the guard business or you don't want to hire them, but you want to get a concealed weapons permit, they can help you with that. And they have their own range. They can even teach you how to shoot. They have classes. And so they can help you with all those things. 
Also wanted to mention Greenitz Construction. Dave Greenitz, if you want a, an amazing shower, bathroom, remodel, kitchen remodel, and I'm, I'm going to just refer you to two platforms that you can see before and after. GreenitzConstruction.com. That's the color green with ETZ on the end. GreenitzConstruction.com. Or Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. And you can just see there amazing work. Amazing transformation. And you can send them a message from those platforms to inquire about more inf- more more uh, information you'd like to have. Or you can text or call them at 530-682-9602. 682-9602. The last time I called him, he said, I'm a little backed up. That doesn't mean he starts your job and then you don't get it done quickly. No, that just means uh, once they start, they go gangbusters to your till they get you in there all happy and everything. All he's saying is, even though he's got a number of crews doing different jobs, uh, getting you scheduled sometimes is a challenge because they're busy, because lots of people want them to do the work. That should be a great endorsement. When I go overseas and, and I'm looking for a place to eat, there's lots of places. Uh, but I always look where a lot of the locals are eating, and maybe even there's a little wait. It's busy, busy, busy because it's a sign that uh, people appreciate what's going on there. All right. Um, let me go back down here where I was talking before. So I'm talking about some of these laws, fast food pay, all this nonsense. And um, there's all these new changes. Oh, oil and gas I was talking about. So it's interesting. You think, oh, what's the difference? You know, a lot of it's just, oh, what's the difference? Right. So it's like it's not a football field. It's four football fields long. Members of the California Independent Petroleum Association spent millions of dollars on signature gathering efforts to get the referendum on the ballot. A December 13th statement from this group said that the signatures were submitted. So they're going to come on the 2024 ballot, maybe. And that is that they thought it was worth not having a three football field. No, hold on. It's four football fields. It's four football fields of space. They have to own the space, right? They own it, but they can't use it. Four football fields from any other community development. This is the interesting thing. If you wonder what kind of government we have right now, listen to what this guy says. This is a different person. He's the environmental person, Kobe Nasek, coalition coordinator for environmental group called Vision. He says that even if the referendum effort is successful, what does he mean by that? That means if it goes on the ballot and the majority of the people in the state of California don't like 12 football fields or four football fields long, 
He said it doesn't necessarily mean the end of these protections. He says that Governor Newsom and state agencies have the power to keep the protections in place regardless of what the people want. Why would we even vote? Why would we even put something on the ballot? Why would you even go to the uh, polls anymore if your disagreement with the government doesn't make any difference? If the majority says we don't want 1,200 feet between an oil pumper, derrick, pump jack, whatever you want to call it, and and co- the community, we don't want that. And they just said, oh, we, well, we don't care. I'm the governor. I'll do what I want. And we have this group that's protecting the environment, and they will do what they want. So thanks for voting, but it ain't going to count this time. That's exactly what they're saying. This guy goes on to say there's nothing stopping CalGEM, which is the agency responsible for permitting, make, giving out permits in California to just stop permitting Within the setback zone, all eyes are on Newsom administration in terms of being able to secure the protections for the next in the next two years. Should the referendum make it to the ballot? It's it's you know, people, it's just unbelievable. Oh, well, we're just going to have a four or five member group. Just keep raising the minimum wages on employers. No wonder in employers leave the state because their their uh, lives are managed by the government bureaucrats left and right You know, you know, people, we can't trust anybody with any common sense. Assembly Bill 1909. This has to do with uh, bicyclists. So you know how when you drive down the road and bicycle, you know, have you ever noticed that bicyclists don't follow the rules of the road? They just, they keep driving right through a red light. They'll drive back. They'll come at you straight ahead. They'll come instead of driving with the traffic, they go against the traffic. How about a law that says bicyclists need to follow the rules of the road? Instead, what this says one of the deals is if a bicycle is driving along, you know how you have to be careful because there's like a bicycle lane. You have to, if there's a, if there's two lanes in addition to the bicycle lane, when you drive past him, you have to move over into the, another lane, give him an entirely lane, a lane buffer. This is one that I I thought was kind of interesting. I don't know how this came about. It it seems contrary to the the way things are going nowadays. They're saying that they're going to eliminate bicycle licenses. I I wouldn't even, uh, if I was going to get a bicycle again, I gave away my last one to help a guy out. I don't even remember whether they even got a license or not. I don't even know whether it's mandatory or not. But he said it prohibits, this bill prohibits the cities from requiring bicycle licenses. And now they can 
they're removing a ban on electric bicycles. Listen, people, have you ever noticed these dudes do not want automobiles? Bicycles are a real pain in the rear. Motorcycles are a pain in the rear. A lot of my friends have motorcycles. I've almost run over motorcycles and bicyclists many times. So now they're just going to they're they're going to say, "Oh, we're going to allow guys. I've had these electric bicycles or motorized bicycles even with gasoline power deals flying through intersections, right?" Uh, it's just it's just uh un- unbelievable unbelievable how about this ab1314 i don't think we could live without this it establishes an alert system for indians indigenous people who have have become missing in other words you know how there's an amber alert for a child now we're going to have an engine engine alert. They've gone missing under unexplained or suspicious circumstances. When do people go? When do they go missing under any other circumstances? Unexplained. Why would why would people call the police department? And says George is missing, but I know where he is. He just went to the ball game. This is just absolutely stupid. Under unexplained or suspicious circumstances. And we're going to have an alert system, but only for indigenous people. Because somehow they're a little bit more important than a Mexican or a honky cracker or a black person. I think they couldn't do black people because so many of them go missing because so many have murdered each other that that we'd have that alert system going on all the time. You'd always be getting in black alerts. Makes it illegal now. Had to do this. AB44 makes it illegal to sell or make clothing or products out of animal fur in California. You just can't. Doesn't matter what kind of animal fur it is. Uh, it. It's not saying that anything about who killed the animal. Say so you can't make. We we just don't like no animal fur products or clothing in 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 California. These are th- this is why we have a thousand laws. Have you had your Cadillac converter stolen? The only reason people say, Lou, it's not a Cadillac converter. It's a catalytic converter. The only reason I say Cadillac converter, because my friends say Cadillac converter. I'm just, I'm just one in the spirit with them. Now, have you ever, I, I know numbers of people, friends of mine that have had their converters stolen. Unbelievable. Stolen right in the front driveway. One, one couple went to, visit San Francisco for the first time. They're foreigners. And when they came back to the car, their catalytic catalytic converter was gone. The only individuals who can sell a catalytic converter is an automobile dismantler, repair dealers, or a person with documentation. They are the lawful owners. They're trying to, they're trying to dial down man on these catalytic converters. They're just ripping people off. How about this? 
This is a new law. SB 960 provides that individuals are no longer required to be citizens of the United States or permanent residents of the United States to get a job. No, no, no. To become a police officer in California. They only need to be legally authorized to work in California. If they got it, they get a green card. They're good to go, baby. You could be a, you could find your new police officer. All that dude has is a green card. He's actually a Mexican or he's an Indian. I'm talking about from India or he's from outer Slombodia. Is this odd to you? Just odd, 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 odd. If you wondered whether we're going to go broke with green energy, check this out. For years, we had two nuclear power plants in California, San Onofre, which was between San Diego and Tijuana on the ocean, run by SoCal Edison or something like that. Anyway, they put that into mothballs years ago because, of course, the liberals think that they're going to they're gonna make enough power off bird blenders and they're going to go dark. By the way, do you know the entire Oregon has gone dark recently? Germany has gone dark. They went, now they're building coal plants again. So what we have is San Onofre was shut down. And then the government told Diablo Canyon, which is run by Pacific Gas and Electric, it's down by San Luis Obispo. The Diablo Canyon plant has two big units. And they said, shut them down, baby. <laughs> and I'm telling you, man, these, these power, these guys, this is clean energy. This is not killing all kinds of birds or polluting with, with taking all the lithium out of the earth or polluting or wondering what you're going to do with all those wind, windmill uh, arms or the solar panels. They won't decompose. You're going to pollute the earth big time. Clean energy, nuclear. So they told them to shut it down, Pacific Gas and Electric, which they began to do. And then, because all of a sudden, with all these electric cars coming online, Newsom says, in, in a time when electricity was going to get hard to come by, he says, all you electric car owners, I know you've spent 50 grand, 60 grand, 70 grand, 80 grand on those, but uh, we're not going to, don't be plugging them in in the near future. Don't use your cars because we don't have enough energy, right? So now SB 846 authorized a loan Think about this, people. A loan. When is the government loaning money to business? They authorize a loan of $1.4 billion. That's billion. The state took our tax dollars and gave it to Pacific Gas and Electric, a monopoly. They own the power plant to facilitate the extension of time. So instead of being closed down, they're going to allow it 
they were going to originally unit one was going to close in 2024 unit two in 2025 now they're going to extend it i think another five years do you think things are going to be any in 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 uh any different in a few years they aren't why because green energy is not green it's a fraud it's a lie green energy is not green it never has been green. You were just told it was green. Fossil fossil fuel is the cleanest fuel on the earth compared to compared to solar or to compared to bird blenders or battery packs. Talk to any firefighter who's put out a battery fire. We'll be right back. We got one more segment to go. Would drive us underwater. Biden, did you know that your policies would trans our sons and daughters? Did you know that your policies will punish what is true? The church that you subscribe to does not subscribe to you Biden did you know Biden did you know that your baby boy made shady deals in Ukraine Biden did you know that your baby Loves Parmesan and cocaine. Did you know that you shouldn't touch these women like you do? When you sniff that little girl's hair, it's borderline me too. The wall will cease, the debt increase. And the dead will vote again. Vote again. The crime will leap. The dumb will speak. But we say come on now. Biden, did you know that your policies would bring about inflation Biden did you know that your policies would one day ruin the nation did you know that your policies make Herod's reign seem bland one day you'll have to answer to the great I, I don't need money. I don't need anything. I don't need campaign contributions. I don't need lobbyists. I don't need special interests helping me. The only thing I need is to do what's right for the country. That's all. A key component of human life is enlightenment. The awakening from the darkness of deception into the light of truth. The so-called Great Awakening 
has really been going on forever. And before MAGA and QAnon, the consensus was that the banks were at the top of the criminal pyramid structure. And while many of us assumed that a hidden hand was pulling their strings as well, we realized that their main goal was a digital currency and a cashless society. It was the subject of several documentaries. The ultimate goal that these people have in mind is the goal to um, create a one world government run by the banking industry, run by the bankers, right? There'll be no more cash. And this is getting me straight from Rockefeller himself. This is what they want to accomplish. And all money will be in your chips. And if you're like me or you, and you're protesting what they're doing, they can just turn off your chip. And you have nothing. You can't buy food. You can't do anything. It's total control of the people. And that chip's connected to a database that has your purchasing records, what you do, what everything, you sell. Everything is in there. And it was also commonly discussed that they'll likely use Big Pharma to get us there. Yes, there have been corrupt empires. Yes, they manipulate. Yes, there are secret societies. Yes, there have been oligarchies throughout history. And yes, today in 2002, there is a tyrannical organization calling itself the New World Order, pushing for worldwide government, a cashless society, open borders, total and complete tyranny. And by creating open borders where there's no national sovereignty and only global bodies that control all the resources, by centralizing and socializing health care, the state becomes God, basically, when it comes to your health. And then by releasing diseases and viruses and plagues upon us, we then basically get shoved into their system. But now it's as if everyone has just accepted it and found something else to fight about because the cashless society is being rolled out right now and very few people seem bothered by it. In November of 2019, right before COVID, the Institute of Politics at Harvard Kennedy School had a live tabletop exercise called Digital Currency Wars, which looked at how the United States can continue to leverage economic power in a world of national digital currencies, such as the Chinese digital yuan, which is already heavily competing in trade against the US dollar and seems to be at the forefront of centralized digital currencies. And it has an expiry date. If you don't spend it by then, it becomes worthless, so people can no longer save money. The Bank of International Settlements has announced that the central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations and will have technologies to enforce it. The Central Bank of Brazil is planning to launch their centralized digital currency in 2024. Israel is about to launch theirs, and the Bank of England is now preparing a UK digital currency. Italy's new Prime Minister, Maloney, is speaking out against the cashless society, but she seems to stand alone on the world stage. In the Federal Reserve's digital currency scheme, it appears that Hedera and Quant will be used on the technology side. They are already connected to everything. The cashless society is here, but everyone is talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. The goal was never to put an old senile puppet into the presidency to run havoc. The goal was to create a cashless society. And so while bringing Joe Biden to justice may feel like a victory, the tyrants are still getting exactly what they wanted. And once it's all said and done, then who will save you? And if you're like me or you, 
and you're protesting what they're doing, they can just turn off your chip. And you have nothing. You can't buy food. You can't do anything. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Baseball, no, it's not quite the way it used to be. I don't like that whole thing, like when you go to a game, if you catch a foul ball, you gotta like give it to a kid now. <laughs> you know? No wonder, no, what are you talking about? That's why kids are all mushy and fat. They don't have to, they don't gotta work for anything. First of all, I don't like when I was a kid, I had to fight adults to try and get one and I never got one. And they boxed me out and that was totally acceptable in the 70s and 80s. Yes, So now true. I gotta sit there, take a line shot to my hand, have that swollen up and then I, oh, give it to a kid. No. All right, let me tell you about Dr. Cassidy, Dr. Joe Cassidy. He was the former health officer for Yuba County and also the jail doctor for two to three decades. And he and I have partnered up, not economically, but just trying to help people. He's doing the medical. I'm doing the logistics, getting people in. And uh, there are so many people dying of, of uh, fentanyl overdoses that we said we got to do something faster, better, right? So what we're asking you to do, I know that if you're addicted to something, and if you've been addicted very long, you think maybe you're just, your destiny to be addicted. I, I don't, like, guess at that. I have a lot of addict friends who tell me that. They've gone too far, far, it's too hard, too gnarly, they're okay with it. They like it. Something, something. We believe you can get off and get your life back, get your kids back, get your whatever you want to do with your life back. Be sober. I work with people every day. Worked with them today. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some phone numbers here, and you could get started. What we're going to do is suggest that you meet up with Dr. Cassidy at his office and get an overhaul a look over kind of a little physical and then figure out what you, what you're up to and how we can help you so if you'll call peach tree health at 530-749-3242 749-3242 and ask for dr cassidy when they say what, what what's the issue you could say addiction and and give them your name that's all you need to do right if for some reason it's difficult to get through on that line or you weren't treated well, then you could call Dr. Cassidy's cell number. I should have said text. I don't want you to call him. Just text him during the day one time. Don't blow up his phone, 530-682-8648. And just simply say on the text your name, your phone number, and addiction. I need addiction help. Fentanyl, whatever. Six eight two eight six four eight. If for some reason you wait and he doesn't get back fast enough to you, because he sees patients all day, you can dial me up day or night, seven days a week, any day of the year. Five three zero seven one three 
1838. And I will see if I can handhold the situation and get everybody through there. Okay? We want to get you help, and we know it works. And you don't have to be addicted to smoking fentanyl or anything else. The problem is, is a lot of people used to party, 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 and no big deal, have fun, have a little fun, go on with their life. Take something that normally wouldn't be any big deal, pill, smoke some weed, and it's got fentanyl in it. It's been laced with fentanyl. And you die. We're trying to stop that. So give us a call. And finally, Thrifty Rooter or ThriftyRooter.net, the website. Thrifty Rooter has been around here almost 50 years, and they get it on. So whether you're out there in the boondocks with a septic system, or whether you're in town with just a normal plumbing problems, these guys will get there and get there fast. So if you go to their website, you don't have to, but it's one option. You might learn a little bit about them. ThriftyRooter.net tells a menu of what they do, what they don't do. And then it gives you a way you can just send them a memo and say, I need some help, and these are the, this is me, address, phone number, etc. And explain your problem. And they will, you can get a dispatch that way as well as you can. I know we're all kind of old school. We dial people up, right? But I'm just giving you some options. So you can call them on a landline at 530-673-8201. 673 uh, I, you know, everybody has plumbing problems because everything wears out. The, the insides of your toilet wear out in the back. The, the water feeds to your sink and toilet, spring a leak. Just stuff happens. Faucet. I've had everything happen that could happen to my house have happened. And uh, and we just, finally, I just surround myself with professionals. And they come in and, and solve it. And that's what you're after. So Thrifty Rooter in Yuba Sutter, Butte. Nevada, Calusa, and even down in Placer in Lincoln, the city of Lincoln. They got they got it going on down there in the city of Lincoln, they say. So again, would you be would you if a police officer pulled you over and he said where if you said, Well, where you're from? Oh well originally I was from Guanajuato, <laughs> Mexico, or Cabo San Lucas, or Monterey, Mexico, right? Not a citizen of the United States. Not even a permanent resident of the United States, right? That got passed in California, eh? Got passed. So PG&E got 1.4 million of your... Did you know that our, our legislators can give private industry money? They just kicked down some money to these folks. I'm just, I'm picking through. I got a dozen minutes or so left.
John Kupal, head of uh, Howard Jarvis, wrote an interesting article. Taxpayers' list of, of the naughty and nice. While Newsom's opposition to Prop 30, a tax increase on high-earning Californians to fund electric vehicle subsidies, may have got him a spot on the nice list. He immediately put himself right back on the naughty list for suggesting that California impose price controls on oil and gas refiners. Did I, did, you remember what I told you earlier? They're going to tell you what the, you have to pay people, and then they're going to tell you how much you have to, they limit how you can charge for your product. Now, why wouldn't they let let you charge like, for a loaf of bread? Why wouldn't they let you charge fifty dollars? Are people too stupid? They're going to pay fifty dollars. This is socialism, people. This is like Hugo Chavez down in Venezuela telling gas producers they're going to sell gasoline for twenty-five cents a gallon when it costs them five times that much to produce it. That's crazy. But that's what they're talking about. The naughty list for suggesting that California impose price controls on oil and gas refiners. They government has, should have nothing to do with oil and gas refiners in terms of what they want for for the uh, their product. You know what price controls do? They lead to shortages and rationing. And a greater dependence on foreign oil. You know, they'll just not produce as much if they don't like the price controls. And so foreign oil will then come in and take the place of this, and they won't put price controls on the foreign oil. Naughty and nice list, California election officials. Florida, remember remember when the... Um, The election with the hanging Chad, Al Gore, and George Bush. And we had the hanging Chad fiasco that went before the Supreme Court of the United States. That's a little chunk out of the, uh, the voting card. Well, Florida kind of learned its lesson, I think. Because now... They were able to finish their counts on their election the same night as the election. You remember those days in California? California, on the other hand, seems to take pride in its inability to count votes in a timely fashion. Some California counties were still counting votes a month after Election Day. How about the fiasco in California with the Employment Development Department? They're broke because they gave $30 billion in unemployment benefits to phony claims. And many people had legitimate claims. In fact, some of you out there are listening. Didn't get your money because it was backlogged. The claims are backlogged. Our debt, 
is up to $19 billion we owe the federal government. We owe interest on that debt of $470 million, $470 million. Interest, just interest. A half a billion dollars interest, essentially. So they were giving a shout out here to some good district attorneys in the state for going after and punishing fraudsters and get back some of the money. I don't know how they ever get this money back unless they confiscate all their houses and fancy stuff. A former gang member and prison inmate of those of Kern County was sentenced to five additional years in prison for ripping off the taxpayers by cashing in on the unemployment. Illegal cashing in. So they give a a nice to the voters of California. It's amazing to me. Usually voters vote like jealous people. So if it's a tax on the rich, quote unquote, which is a relative term in California, They will vote, oh, it's not me. I'm not as rich as them. So, yeah, let them pay the tax. So they vote, they crazily vote for a tax on the rich. But this last election, voters were wise, and they rejected Prop 30, which would raise the highest rates. I think we're at 13.3, and it was going to raise it up to like 15% or something like that for millionaires. I mean, uh for the high, the most uh, wealthy people in the state. In California, do you know who pays most of the taxes in the state? Those same people. And you know which people group in the, in in California are most easily able to move, like crossed in Nevada. That would be the wealthiest people in California. Nevada has no income tax at all, no state income tax. So all kinds of people are moving into Nevada, actors, professional players. Sometimes they move to Florida because that's, they don't have tax down there. I'm just saying, you know, there's reasons why California is, is in, in a pickle. So uh, this writer says, White House admits masks wearing is worthless. Mask wearing is worthless, okay? The numbers show taking the vaccine is more deathly for those taking it than not. Social distancing was a farce. Young men taking the vaccine will have a lifelong heart issue, the writer says. The drug companies have made billions of profits selling a vaccine that was never medically tested and has killed many people. Who would have ever thought we were going to do this in America? It's unbelievable. Public health officials, including our local quack, Dr. Fong Lu, keep pushing vaccines even after the CDC acknowledged that healthy children have a 99.998% recovery rate from COVID-19 with no treatment. You hear what I'm saying to you? 
I'm saying if you're a kid and you somehow test positive for COVID or you think you have COVID or whatever, and you do nothing for them, nothing unusual. They just have their regular meals that they feel like it, take a shower, hang out, go do whatever they want to do. You don't do anything for them. They have a 99.998% survival rate. Honest physicians across the country ask this question. What was the rationale for vaccinating this particular demographic? Why would you inject people when they don't have any problem with this? Many of these doctors were canceled on social media and some were even fired from their jobs for stating the obvious and questioning the aggressive protocols of the government. Our local government here, our supervisors. As expected, the vaccines, the masks, the job-killing policies were not about public health. They were about money and control of society. Supervisors just liked all that money. They love getting that cash. Big old checks, big old funky checks from the state. Our public health departments, our local Yuba Sutter Health has lost all kinds of credibility. You're kidding me, right? You're going to believe these people? These people are quacks. Quack, 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 quack. It was Scott Atlas last week, I think, in the Epoch Times said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, that medical, our, our medical community of doctors and hospitals will never, ever get their credibility back unless they come out and apologize to the people of these United States. To think that you're just going to go on and... Uh, and have people ignore the obvious is just crazy. And it ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I have many of my friends who will not go to the hospital because they feel like they'll kill you there. And you don't have any patient rights anymore. Did you know there was such a thing at one time called patient's rights? But they waived all that during COVID? It's amazing how these, how you think these the global cabal, right? These people are pretty sharp because they, as I've followed this whole thing, this whole COVID nonsense, I've been impressed with how thorough these folks are in trying to kill us. They're sharper. They're much sharper than the typical criminal. And these people are going to walk away these people are going to walk away with murdering millions of people. In fact, Albert Borla, the head of the Pfizer, biggest pharma operation in the world, said that they're on track, this is big, big pharma and other cabal people, to reduce the population of the world by half. Now, that's a big, that's a big bunch of work because that's... Uh, Three point some billion. 
people. It's a lot. So it's just something to it's just something to think about and uh don't be suckered and get into what they call the domestic violence syndrome or the Stockholm syndrome of the cycle of the honeymoon cycle and then you get abused again, you go to this cycle, that cycle. Let me just leave you a couple comments here. Nearly one in four people in California over the age of 15, that's 25 people, 25% over the age of 15, lack the skills to decipher the words in this sentence we're reading right now. New Hampshire happens to be the most literate state in the country. Only about five of 100 lack English reading and writing skills. Its literacy rate hovers or hovers near 95%. We're going to have to call it a day and uh, have a safe new year. Okay, take it easy out there. Okay, God bless you. Next week. trees of green red roses too I see them bloom for me and you and I think to myself what a wonderful world I see skies of blue Bright blessed day and the dark sacred night, and I think.